Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, I'm Simon from Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by who to me is a celebrity in the sales world. Okay, and we're just joking about this earlier on about the profile of my guest. But yeah, you know, I've known you, Austin, for, for a number of years now. And you know, we've we followed each other around at networking events and uh, you know, we've introduced each other to people as well. And I can't say, listeners, how happy I am to have Austin as a guest on this podcast. And you know, if if anybody ever needs any kind of sales training, I can tell you there is no better place to go than to Austin. So for the listeners, Austin, tell them a little bit about you and give them a little bit of your backstory. He's such a charmer, isn't he? He's such mm. a charmer, Simon Meadow. <laughs> uh, my backstory, um, briefly, so I don't I don't want to bore your audience, Simon. No. Um, uh, I always wanted to be in sales. Always. Um, yeah. Even when I was at school, when other people wanted to be a bank manager, a surveyor or whatever, I wanted to be a sales rep. I thought, wow, oh, I'd like to be one of those guys in one of those cars driving up and down the road around the country. Um, I couldn't get into sales. I was far too young. Um, and at the even at the age of 20, no one would uh, give me a company car or anything like that. And I didn't yeah. have a car good enough to trust to go, to go around the country. And yeah. um, so I ended up going self-employed into sales at the age of 20. Wow. Um, and that was it. I've been in sales. I've got two sales businesses since, sold them. Um, the sales training business I run now is, unlike my previous two businesses, where I was trying to build something, so I had something to sell. Now I do what I do, frankly, because I enjoy it. I, I love sharing sales ideas and tips and seeing people use them. And um, so that's that's it. That's, yeah. that's that's my background. It's all, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, it's all sales. Yeah, yeah that's great. And, you know, somebody going self-employed in sales at 20 i mean that's quite unique and particularly i mean listeners you know you can't see how old either of us are but you know <laughs> when when austin was 20 that would have been quite a unique experience to actually go self-employed because most sales positions at that time certainly would have been employed positions on a commission basis uh, and yeah it was hard work so going self-employed was even harder Yes, I mean, I mean, I did it with the confidence of uh, ignorance. Confidence usually comes with being ignorant and stupid yeah. a bit, but I didn't realise how tough selling would be. I thought this will be a breeze. I can, you know, but how hard can it be? And yeah. then I started self-employed in sales, and I came to understand how hard it was. Uh, maybe if I knew how hard it was, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have started at such a young age. Should, um, should but, have gone to be a doctor. Um, you I see. Had been, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so yeah, it, it was it was very very tough. So for anybody who might be listening, who's and everyone I know, everyone we're all in sales to a greater or lesser degree. Yeah. Um, and I, I imagine a great number of uh, of your clients and perhaps people listening are people running maybe a small business or a, a one man one woman show, and they've got to sell. Um, it's it's tough if you're finding it tough. Trust me, everybody finds it tough. Yeah. Um, the, the key is to get some help and recognize that there's no shame in asking for help um, to, to help your business grow and help you become more effective at it. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. So let's let's talk about what we're drinking today. Now I've got my usual sort of uh, Starbucks Nespresso coffee pod. Uh, tell us, Austin, about the the drink that you've got in your strawberry mug. Um, this is a. Uh, I'm, I'm not a coffee man. I, 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 I say at all. Very very rare we drink. If I if I drink a coffee, it's a cappuccino. That's it. I would only ever drink a cappuccino. But maybe that happens we'll a couple you. of times. Couple of times a year. So. Um, tea is my drink. I love to drink tea. Um, I drink far too much of it. Um, PG Tips is the um, is what's in my mug, and that's yep. what I normally drink. I used to be um, a Tetley man, um, but I, I was mentioned earlier about stopping drinking Tetley. The reason I stopped drinking Tetley, Simon, was because I found out to their shame just a few months ago that Tetley tea bags, and they're not alone in this, Tetley tea bags actually were partly made up of plastic which doesn't biodegrade and is going to be around in thousands and thousands of years. And I was horrified to discover that every time I was drinking a cup of tea, I was contributing to contaminating the planet. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not a tree hugger, but at the same time, I've got, you know, I'd rather not be contaminating the planet. Um, wow. And I just put um, PG tips don't have plastic in them, or at least yeah. plastic that doesn't biodegrade. Maybe they have no plastic, I'm not sure. So I've converted yeah. to PG tips. And I'm sure, yeah, when you mentioned it to me before we started recording and listeners, I'm sure you're thinking plastic in tea bags. Why would you put plastic in, in tea bags? Yeah. And yeah, you know, <laughs> Perhaps my sponsorship deal with Tetley is out the window now and I need to swap <laughs> to a sponsorship deal for PG Tips. Um, but it, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, very often when we have these products, you know, lots of people don't really understand, one, what goes into them, and also sometimes of the, the ethical behaviour of the companies that supply those products or even deliver those products to us as well. And I think you know, we are getting more wise to that, aren't we? And we are becoming more aware of that, definitely. Yeah, and that's, to be honest, as much as anything else that offended me with Tetley. I mean, I understand now they've changed uh, and don't use plastic, but um, that was only, I don't know, late last year or something they changed. And I was just that lack of trust, you know what I mean? I yeah. just trusted that, you know, why would Tetley, you know, a great British brand, be contaminated on the planet? That would never happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were, I, and it was that lack of trust that really, but yeah, I, I thought, no, I'll be never drinking Tetley again, again and yeah. I won't. No. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? Once you've lost that trust, you don't go back because that, back. That, that trust yeah. is destroyed. And I know obviously that's probably something you teach in the sales, but it's so important, isn't it, to keep that trust up? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So hard. If you lose that trust, it's so hard. And, and as you said, that's why you've got to so, work so hard not to lose that trust Correct. in the first instance. Yeah. So how do you drink your tea, Ben Austin? Tell us a little bit about the, the way you take your tea. All right. Well, it depends. You see, that's a very Ooh. complicated question. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a simple question, but you're going to prove me wrong now. Uh, uh, it's got to get if it, if it, if you're using a, a tea bag and you're putting it in the cup or in the mug, then the only way you can drink it then, or you should drink it, in my view, mm. is you put the tea bag goes in, then the hot water, then you get the best out of the tea as a tea bag, and then get rid of the tea bag, and then you add the milk. Okay? I agree. Okay. Right. If, however, it's the tea is coming from a teapot, you've got a pot of tea, then oh. the milk goes in first, then you pour the tea on top. Right. Very, very important. That's, you know, that's one of those unwritten rules of life, that, you know. Um, so, um, and, and that's it for me. Tea yeah. with milk, absolutely no sugar, because I can't understand yeah. people who drink tea with sugar. I don't get that yeah. at all. Um, and that's it. 
colour of the tea? Do you like it sort of more milky coloured or are you a builder's stand it up in there because it's thick like slurry? I'm, I'm a medium tan man. I'm right I'm ah, probably okay. bang in the middle. Yeah. So a couple of minutes in the cup or three or four minutes in the teapot then type person. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Great. Yeah, that's me. So let's let's move on to, to the business side of things. And I know, you know, that we were talking before the recording started that business has uh, been affected by you know the recent pandemic as we record this tell us a little bit about what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've worked on or fixed in your own business then um it was for me it was and i've got to be grateful i guess to coronavirus uh, for it um that's for me, I'd always wanted to, uh, or felt I should, produce some kind of uh, online training material so people could okay. access my training online if they ever wanted to. So it's available 24 hours a day, some blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. But never got around to it. I was always too busy doing something else. Um, but coronavirus kind of changed that and I had the yeah. opportunity um, to uh, make some a video training library as it were um yeah. it's still actually something that's in the making it's, it's still something that okay. in, the, in the process of being uh, we're recording it as it were but the, the thing that took me the most time and i didn't realize it was writing the transcript for it i mean if you ask me to yeah. stand in front of a, a, a group of people and deliver sales training then i wouldn't need a transcript i can just yeah. do it because i've been in sales for forever as it were but when you're delivering training on a video, you probably appreciate yourself. If you have, say, a 20, 30-minute video uh, in 20, 30-minute slices on a video, you can't really afford to make a, a more than, I don't think, more than one sort of verbal error or fraudulent yeah. slip or whatever. Otherwise, it makes it look as though you don't know what you're talking about if there's three Correct. or four errors in there. And so I, I, I came to realize that I'm going to have to write out the transcript for these to stop me making these slips. If you're making a mistake just during normal conversation, as I know I have done, as we've been talking here, it doesn't really matter. P people sort of brains sort of translate it and, and they know what you said and they know what you meant. Yeah. But if it's on a video and, you know, one video you've got two or three errors in that 30 minutes and on the next one you've got two or three errors, you know, you start to look a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah. So the only way I could do it was to write it out so that in, when we're making the videos, I'm going to be able to be able to read from the auto cue, as it were. Yeah. But that which I want to deliver. And the writing of it has taken forever wow. um, to, <laughs> to make sure yeah. it's, it all comes out right. So that's uh, been a, I thought it would be um, hard work, as it were. <laughs> Although I'm capable of it, it proved to be much harder than I thought and took yeah. much more time than I thought it would do. And I'm sure, listeners, you've perhaps not really thought about because when you're face to face and you've got somebody on stage, you're actually paying more attention to their body language, aren't you? You're paying more attention to how they're moving around the stage, their facial expressions. Where on a video, I think because there is a lack of that, and we'll talk about the difficulty of training sales teams you know, online, and it surely is difficult. But when you're doing training, I think people are hanging on the words so much more and i've never really thought about that and you give me a you know a, a sort of light bulb moment there because that is when you've got to really be on your game with the words that you use and yeah, yeah. i did i did a video the other day and i finished it off 
And instead of saying to your success, I said to your sex. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to say, oh, yeah, didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, you will probably get away with those one or two, perhaps, depending on the length of the video. But because people are hanging on that every word, aren't they? They're paying a lot less attention to you and how you're moving around and more attention to actually what you're saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I reasoned that I can allow myself one verbal mistake um, in a 20, 30 minute video. But if it's more than that, we're going to have to retake it and shoot it again because otherwise it's just end up looking. Yeah. I don't know. And I know I'm the same because if I'm watching a video, you know, and, you know, if it's two or three, I think it's, does he know what he's talking about this guy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He keeps having to correct himself and get, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me, but you've got to, you've got to go with what you believe. And, and at the same time, you want it to be natural. You, know? you want to well, be natural, but you don't want to come over as a, as a natural idiot. Yeah. And, and I suppose, I suppose there lies a, a quandary really, because I'm, you know, I'm just being on a network meeting earlier on. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if you've been to BNI meetings, but it's a very scripted meeting. And when the, the chapter president reads the script, it's always difficult to stick to the script because you're trying to be natural, but you're also trying to deliver the script that you've got. And I think one of the worst things that I've seen in the past that people do, you can clearly see that they're using a script, but they're reading it badly. And that's almost the worst case scenario, that's isn't it? That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this, I'm, I'm a great believer in, I can argue either way on scripts. I really can. I think scripts yeah. can be really, really important, really, really valuable, or, you know, argue the case for not using them at all. And the example I can give is when, uh, which we're all familiar with, when you're watching a movie, you know. Mm. No, for the most part, it's scripted. But it doesn't seem like a script. It doesn't yeah. sound, you know, it doesn't come over like a script. Uh, uh, but that's because they know what they're going to say. They know it. And that's yeah. the difference. You ha if you ever have a script, uh, then the script just should be there as kind of backup. So if yeah. in that split second you forget, you've, you you can always fall back on it. Um, but you have to know it. And if you know it, if you know exactly what you're going to say, it will never come out like a script because then you're focusing on how you say it, not Correct. what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to an event some years ago and there was a very, very high profile person from the construction industry training board. And he delivered a presentation to about 50, 60 large organizations, you know, the Lindums of the worlds and, and other companies. I know some of the listeners won't know who they are, but you know, they were you know large construction companies. Yeah. And this guy, had clearly never seen the slide deck before. And he stood there and every slide was a surprise. <laughs> right. And you could see the look, oh, okay. And then he just ended up reading the words that were on the slide to the next yeah. surprise, to the next slide that was read. But I've yeah. seen people do that. I mean, yeah, he clearly stepped in for somebody or somebody prepared it for him. But I've seen people do that where they have written a script and then they don't look at it until they're actually recording it. Where, like you say, the actor, I think that's a really good example, Austin, the actor has actually practiced that script, rehearsed it over and over and over and over and over again, hasn't it? And we should do the same. If we're doing anything, we should do the same. No, absolutely, yeah, no, if, I couldn't agree more. If you use a script, 
know it. You have yeah. to know it. If you don't know it, don't use it. No, no, that's good advice. So how has it been for you sort of with this? Has, you know, has any of this gone live yet? Uh, what, are you, what are your expectations for this? Just give us a little bit of either what you're expecting or how it's been. No, none of it's gone live yet. Something, as I say, we've got a, we've got. A, we're, I'm all ready to rock and roll, but we need to record them but because yep. we're still in the grip of coronavirus to a large extent. Getting a yep. studio and all the rest of it. I've got a the video group for the video team that's uh, doing it for me. That it's that's yep. their challenge to get the location, as it were, and yep. get the venue to do it. Um, but yeah, then it's going to be available through once, once, once we've done it, which will hopefully be in the next month. Right. Um, then okay. we'll make it available through my website, um, and that's where people be would be able if they so chose. That's where they'd be able to find. Yeah. And so, really, this is a what would you call it? Um, I want to say a, an exclusive. So we're hearing about this even before it's been launched. And so, listeners, you know, as you listen to this podcast, it's usually about three or four weeks out uh, when it goes live. So actually, as people are listening to this, it's going to be it should be dropping in on your website then, or it's going to be very very close. So listeners, you're yeah. getting really exclusive to this. No, absolutely, yeah. There's, there are probably you know a dozen people on the planet who know yeah. that this is about to be coming out. Yeah. So yeah, when when your podcast comes out in three or four weeks' time then hopefully around that six, that time, that'll be about 600 people in the day that'll know about <laughs> it <laughs> that'll be good um so hopefully yeah it would be around that time or very shortly after that the, yeah. the, the library will be available through my website so yeah hopefully fingers yeah. crossed cor yeah. coronavirus allowing and all those kind of things exactly you, you were talking uh, earlier on before we started recording about the and i've just alluded to it just a few moments ago about the difficulty of training teams online. Yeah. Um, for those that are listening to this, that perhaps are either at the receiving end of training online or at the opposite end of delivering it, what kind of experiences can you share of things that have gone well, things that haven't gone so well? Is there anything that you can perhaps impart to us about you know, the experiences you've had with that during the last 12, 15 months? Yes, certainly from the point of view, if anyone's delivering training online um, to a team, uh, then I would never, I wouldn't have be doing the, the training any any longer than two hour sessions. And within those two hour sessions, there's got to be maybe a couple of breakouts where you've got people doing stuff in smaller groups, maybe, you know, um, yeah. and, because to maintain the focus and engagement it is really hard and I get that's hard from the recipient's point of view you know sat looking at a screen um doing sales training or maybe other, I'm not an expert in other kinds of training I'm yeah. not an expert in sales training <laughs> <laughs> you're too modest <laughs> um but uh yeah keeping that engagement from both parties from my point of view Delivering to um, people online in, in in a group in a team is is really really hard uh, to maintain that engagement. I kind of knew it would be because before I started doing them online, I was watching in the early days of coronavirus. I was watching one of my favourite programs, or I certainly enjoy it. Have I got news for you? Um, yeah. You may be familiar with the program with Paul Mooney and Dismuff and the rest of it. And they they were doing this and the they were doing it under the regime of coronavirus, so they were they were all they were all sat at home, as it were. Yeah. And it just didn't work. 
It just mm. didn't kind of work because of that delay you get sometimes or people talking over each other. They, yeah, with the best will in the world, it just didn't. And again, this is a program I enjoy. I was already a fan. Yeah. Um, and yet, after 10 minutes of watching the the the, uh, the edition of it that was under the coronavirus thing and so they were doing it online after 10 minutes i, I turned it off i thought no it's, that's just it's just not working yeah. um, and that's how hard it was to be i mean these you know yeah. these people are you know we, professional be, comedians and all the rest of it you know yeah, really we've hard be, we've got to be careful there as well haven't we because that ties into what you were saying about the you know the the, the tetley and the tea bags because you know you were a fan of that program and if you have too many experiences like that, potentially they could lose a viewer forever. Because, you know, once you've yeah. lost that audience, the audience has gone and they've gone to watch something else. And I think, you know, all of us and you know, people listening to this have perhaps been guilty of that, where we've, we've tried to go with the trend, but we've got to be careful. And I know there's a, a network meeting um, north of where I live uh, North Knots Business Connections and Mel has really resisted taking the network meeting online because it's not her thing and I think that actually will work for her because when it goes back to face-to-face -face, people will not have seen a different format of the meeting and they will rush back to get what they knew yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, it's getting that balance isn't it absolutely yeah you don't want to be perceived to be whatever your business you don't want to be perceived to be a dinosaur but at the same time you've got to do what you believe in and what works and i think there's a, yeah. a great rush to be you know we'll do you know we'll do this online and that online and everything's going to go online just partly because they feel they have to yeah but at the same time you've got to recognize what you're good at where your strengths are um in terms of your business and, and how you deliver stuff and all the rest of it and i'm sure a lot of Training can be done online, but for sales, particularly working with a when working with a team of salespeople, in my view, the being in the room with people, face to face, face to face, face to face. Yeah, yeah. There you There's go. The one. one of those. There's one of those <laughs> yeah. errors you wouldn't get away with on it. Yeah. Um, but that's you know that that's so so much better for everybody, not least the recipients of my training. They get so much more value out of it. Um, but and at the same time, being prepared to invest the time and all the rest of it meeting or doing your stuff face to face is going to become i think a differentiator yeah i agree so many people you know are talking about well yeah we won't bother going out to do meetings or we'll just do it on zoom and all the rest of it frankly for me i think zoom for the most part i'm going to try to make sure it just replaces phone calls yep yep sure but not meetings which for some people who might otherwise wanted to talk to me might be a put off and think, well, no, I can't be bothered meeting with him face to face. Like, okay, fine. If you if that's how it works for you, then then do it. But I think it will help differentiate me from a lot of people who would be saying, oh, let's meet online, let's do it on Zoom. We'll do your training on Zoom, and we'll yeah. train all you guys on Zoom. And if that what works for them, fine. My belief is that, as I say again, for a team, it will be better. Um, much better face-to-face -face in the room. Having said that, there's going to be times when it's just not practical for that company because the, the salespeople are, you know, every corner of the planet or every corner of the country or whatever. And then, of course, yeah, would I then do provide training online? Yeah, because otherwise they're never going to get they're never Correct. going to get anything. But um, other than those kind of circumstances, no. So as I say, I think for not just my business, but other businesses, Maybe it's a differentiator going forward, not be so keen to do everything online or everything that yeah. you might do online. Yes. In that balance. 
it's interesting what you said about the breakouts as well, because uh, I've got mixed feelings about that. You know, I took part in a couple of uh, huge events last year. One of them was a Tony Robbins event where he had 60,000 people on Facebook and Zoom at an event. But even, right. in, even in that, they put people into breakout rooms of 12. Right, right. So you can imagine the admin involved in doing that. And Zoom had to, I think the first one he did, he had about 12,000 people. And he just upped it and upped it and upped it. But he you know a whole team because he realized the importance of breaking the pattern and getting people out into breakout rooms. No, absolutely. Yeah, you don't yeah. want people just sat in front of the screen. No. You know, for, even for a period, of, well, it's not that short, but for a couple of hours, that's just that's just hard work for the recipient of of, of your information. You know. Yeah, I, I give you I give you two two tips, Austin, that and the listeners that I've I've realised. One of the groups I'm in, uh, I'm in a black belt intensive group, and when they put us into breakout rooms, they have this little bit of a game that when it says join room, as soon as they say, "Right, well, I'm going to put you into breakout rooms." You take a deep breath. Right. And then you click join the room and you don't let the breath out until you're in the meeting room, in the breakout room. Right. Because what they found is that people were just loitering, not wanting to join the breakout room. (laughs) (laughs) So if you hold your breath, you get to the breakout room as quick as you can. So that's one one little bit of a game. The other thing is somebody shared with me the other day, and I, I did it just earlier on, that... A lot of people are getting uh, Zoom fatigue or screen fatigue yeah. because, you know, even though we're talking now, I had myself you on at the beginning so I could see myself. And even yeah. though I'm focusing on looking at, at you, Austin, yeah. I'm also at the corner of my eye looking to see where I am in the screen. Right. And what they found is that that is something that we're not used to. When, when I come to one of your face-to-face sales events, I'm looking at you on stage. I'm not looking at a mirror of myself, making sure what I'm looking like and am I sat up straight and is my hair okay and all this kind of thing. So that extra concentration is quite a factor in that fatigue. So if you are on something, okay, get yourself set up right. Make sure you're okay in the screen and you've got everything right. But then turn off the self-view so you don't see yourself. And apparently that really reduces the fatigue of being on the screen for so long. Uh, a A good tip. As well. Yeah, so, no, that is that is a good tip, and I, I have found working one on one with with coaching, doing sometimes I'll sit in on a, on a have sat in on Zoom meetings where where the seller, the salesperson, is uh, doing some kind of PowerPoint. Yep. And what I found is that one of the the errors that's and again this could apply to not just salespeople in the strict sense of the word, but a business owner who's presenting their yeah. stuff via PowerPoint, whatever. Um, that the slides sometimes are remaining on the screen for long periods of time while conversation goes on between the seller and the yeah. customer. And what people don't realize is that you lose that engagement. Yep. You know, the, what they, what the, it's far harder for a person to engage with a PowerPoint slide than your face. Correct. So, you know, if there's going to be a part in your presentation where you know you're going to be talking for three or four minutes, get the, get the slide off, get the face yeah. back on there. So yeah. they, you know, you, they can engage with you and you can engage with them. Um, Cause what I try and do actually, like even now you, you, you and I are talking 
uh, I don't just have your face on the screen and I'm not just in some little box in the corner. Yeah. I've got us both side yeah. by side. Side by side, yeah. Yeah, because um, I want to be able to see your face and I want you to be able to see, so I can engage with your face Yeah, and, and you can engage with me because that's, I mean, that's such a big part of how we communicate through our faces, isn't it? You know, so. Um, and, and, and particularly with you, Austin. With anyone, anyone yeah. yeah, and particularly for you, Austin, and listeners, you can't see this, but Austin also talks a lot with his hands as well. The hands <laughs> are going everywhere. So lots of movement in, in the hands. That's right. So, so, oh, that's it. Now he's put his hand on his side of his face, so he's holding it <laughs> firm. So thinking about um, how people can connect with you, you've mentioned this online training. So this is probably a good point to tell the listeners a little bit about how they can best connect with you and you know i strongly suggest listeners if you need help with any kind of sales processes any sales training any sales content check out austin how do they do that where can they go that's very kind simon and what the best place probably is going to be linkedin okay i'm going to linkedin because on linkedin you'll be able to see the kind of messages that I share, the tips and ideas yep. that I share on my profile. You'll be able to see video, what just one minute video clips, um, which will give you a sense of, of me and as to whether or not I might be a good fit. Yep. Because, you know, no one's a good fit for everybody. You might watch one or two of my videos and think, no way. <laughs> um, but um, you might watch them and think, yeah, this guy, this guy works for yeah. us. He, he'll be a good fit for us. So LinkedIn, um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Have a look at my profile page. And, and then watch as, as I share. I usually share posts three, four times a week, just sharing ideas and tips. Yeah. And you'll get a sense as to whether or not I could be potentially a good fit for you. And right. others. And to find you on LinkedIn, just for the listeners, it's Austin, which is a-U-S-T-E-N. Correct. Austin, Austin with an E. Yeah. Yeah. Austin with an E. And then Hempstead, which is H-E-M-P-S-T-E-A-D. Absolutely. As in Hemel. Yeah. And it's always good when people put their full name at the bottom of the Zoom. So at least I can read it straight off the Zoom <laughs> screen. So thank you for doing that. Uh, so connect connect with you on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, from there, go to the web page, listeners. Use the contact information on LinkedIn, go to the webpage and check out when that online training is going to be there as well. Yeah. So thinking about the, the tip or lesson that people can take away, what, what do you want to give the listeners today? Other than the, the great stuff that we've already shared with people, in particular, think about your plastic in your tea bags. That's a big one for me. But, That's the best one. That's the yeah, best one I've got. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll drop the <laughs> mic and we'll go home. Um, what, what lessons or tips can you give the listeners today to take away? Oh, wow, this, there are so many things at this point where I think there's so many things I'd like to share. Um, I think, I think if it, if it, to be honest, right now I'm thinking, who is most likely to be listening to this? Uh, mm. uh, I'm going to imagine it's business owners for the it most is. part. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. And, and so I think, and, and what I'm going to say, I mean, respectfully, uh, I don't mean it to be rude anyway, but so many business owners, particularly small business owners, who uh, are in a situation where they need to sell themselves. Yep. As it were, they, you know, they don't have 50, 50 man sales team. They may be a one man business. So they've got to get out there and make those sales. They're a one woman business and they've got to get out there and make those sales. Um, what I would, the best tip I can give you is that, and as I say, this isn't supposed to be rude. Hmm. You're not half as good as you think you are at it. 
I mean, you're really not half as good as you think you are at selling. So many businesses, uh, particularly small businesses, will come to me when they're on their knees because they can't sell. Um, but it's taken them to be on their knees before they come to me. And really, at that point, it's too late almost to be able to help you because when then anyone who's on their knees as a business trying to make sales, customers sense that. They can yeah. taste it. They can smell desperation and that drives business customers away. So my advice would be, even if you think you're great at selling, then, you know, buy a sales book, buy a book on selling. Um, and no, I haven't written one yet. That's coming. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. promoting more. Anyway, buy, you know, just buy a book on selling and, and just pick up one or two really good tips uh, in there. So that's the, that's the real message I'd like to give to small business owners that with all due respect, you're almost certainly not half as good at selling as you think you are. Uh, and just because you might have made us one or two sales this week, that doesn't necessarily mean you can sell. Um, some people are going to buy from you. I remember I can I tell, often tell a story about buying a lawnmower and it's, uh, it's it'll take me a few minutes to tell you the whole story. But Frank, to cut it short, I, when I walked into the store that sold almost exclusively lawnmowers, that's virtually all they sold. And um, if the person that had been dealing with me had been, you know, the office cat, I'd have yeah. bought the lawnmower because I was, I yeah. needed a lawnmower. <laughs> yes. Just because this particular salesperson, 10 minutes later, could you know, put a, a marker on the sales board and say, yes, yeah. stop the sale. I bought in spite of him and not because of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. My, my, the best tip I can offer is is, is learn to sell properly. Um, and don't, don't, and don't wait to, and don't wait until you're on your knees. Yeah, don't wait until you're on your knees to do it because then yeah. it's then it's really tough because customers customers can taste it, they, they can smell it. Yeah, and I think yeah that doesn't just apply to sales. I think we do need to be self aware. And we do need, I think that's a great tip. You know, you're only half as good as you think you are. And I think if we, everybody listening to this actually just took a, a breath and looked at any part of their business, any part of their life and thought, okay, if I'm only half as good as I think I am, what do I need to do to be as good as I can be? Yeah, no, I think now, you're right. Now, there's, there's something we should tweet later, isn't it? That, that was a quote right there, wasn't it? <laughs> but, <laughs> there you, you go. Know, but if you do that, I think what Austin's giving you there, particularly from sales point of view, is a great thing because, you know, get the expertise, get the knowledge, get the learning, polish those skills before you're on your knees, because then you will achieve amazing things, amazing things in sales, rather than trying to claw your way back from over the edge of the cliff. Definitely. I think that's a great tip. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what it is, I mean, you know, as a small business, you know, you probably got an accountant. If you haven't got an accountant, got an account, get one because yeah. the time you're spending doing your accountancy will be far better spent doing that which you do. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what else. Building your own web, don't build your own website. Get someone to build your website for you. Get it done properly, professionally. They'll probably do a better job than you, and it releases you the time to do what you're good at. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not just about sales. Absolutely not. It's about, as you say, Sam, it's about all aspects of your business. Get the help in. Don't see it as a cost. See it as an investment in your own business because that's exactly what it is. And it's interesting, as you were saying that there about the websites, etc. I'm a big fan of that anyway. But I remember Richard Branson in one of his books saying that when he recruited his team members, 
he would always recruit people who were far better at doing the job that you were setting them on for than he was. And I think yeah. too, too many business owners deliberately go out there trying to, okay, I'm a big fan of apprenticeships and trainees, and that's a different thing altogether. But sometimes we choose people who we think are slightly not as good as us for a deliberate reason, because we don't want people to be better than us. And Richard Branson was a complete opposite. He recruited people deliberately that were so far superior to him at doing that job. You know, so why wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I got that from when I was building my first two businesses. And I was always trying to, my aim was when whoever I recruited to join my company sales, uh, to, as a salesperson, my aim was always trying to make them a better salesperson than I was. I thought if I can, yeah. and my simple, <laughs> my simple brain said, everyone knows something about selling. And I, I, I'm rarely disappointed if I, if I talk to people on that basis. Everyone can know something about selling that perhaps I didn't know or hadn't realized. Yep. And, and so I always thought, right, if I can give everything I know to this person who's now working in for me, as it were, if I can give everything I know about selling and put it in their brain, and then they add yeah. the bit that they know, then they're going to be better than I am. That was yeah. my simple way yeah. of looking at it. But yeah. you're right. I mean, it, it, the, the model, if you like, for that kind of thinking was uh, was Henry Ford, wasn't it? That's yeah. what he did. He surrounded exactly. himself with the best he could find. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's a great way of, uh, of approaching it. Yeah, try and find people who are better than you, that are better than you. And it doesn't always mean listeners as well, because one thing I'm not an advocate of, that doesn't always mean you've got to go for the most expensive. The most expensive does not always mean the best. You know, if you think I can never do that, I can never get anybody that's better than me. I can never get the ideal person, which is going to be so expensive because if you give people the right environment, the right set of consequences and the right set of expectations, they will come. Google did that. Google did not pay, despite what people think about Google, they did not pay the biggest salaries in the world when they started. People moved to Google for less money because they bought into the, the idea and the mission, the vision of where the business was going. Yes. And and they yeah. got amazing people because of that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, so a great a great tip there to share. So so to wrap the, the questions up then, Austin, if you're gonna have your next cup of tea, PG tips, in a dream location, where would that dream location be? Well, the, the dream location is a place that I've we're, we're fortunate in that we go every year and we go every year because for us it is heaven yeah and that place for us uh, in the uk at least is the glen eagles hotel in octorada in scotland um ah. and, and when i share when i tell people about the fact yeah where you go in austin long time off the glen eagles hotel I tell, oh you're a golfer i've never played around a golf in my life <laughs> I don't. I go to Glen Eagles because it's just a fun. It's a for for me, my family. It's, it's a great experience. The the food, the customer service, everything is, is great. So yeah. that's where I would enjoy my uh, next cup of PG tips, if you were, if I yeah. was going to be in the dream location. Yeah, and listeners, for me, I'm also. I've only ever played one full round of golf, okay. and, right. there's a, and there's a reason I've ever done that because <laughs> yeah, you know, I cannot hit a ball for any amount of money. But uh, I think you're right. You know, if, if I went to that hotel, it wouldn't be tea for me. If I went somewhere like, and I love going to Scotland, I've always got to have that very special whiskey. Yeah, my favourite whiskey is Glen Turret. And if I can go anywhere near the Glen Turret distillery and then do a distillery tour, if they serve Glen Turret at a, at a hotel, that's it for me. So it's definitely a whiskey. It's got to be a whiskey right. hotel for me. 
Ah, right. Okay. Well, if we're opening it up, then it's got to be wine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ah, a okay. red wine man. So if I could, if it was any drink, I'd, I'd, I'd be drinking red wine. I'd be drinking it in the Strathern restaurant at uh, the clinic, which is a wonderful restaurant oh, um, with all, you know, big high ceiling chandeliers, piano playing in the corner. Oh, um, now you're creating a picture, you see. Cut glass and silver cutlery all over there. Oh. Wonderful ambiance, absolutely wonderful setting. My favourite restaurant. Well, thank you for sharing so much with us, Austin. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for giving us some great tips. And more importantly, as I always say to every single guest, one thing I value so highly because we can never get back is your time. And thank you for giving your time today to share some great things with the listeners. No, no, thanks. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for inviting me. It's been it, it's been it's been good fun. And everyone said, "Don't go on that Simon Meadows." It's really, it's really <laughs> thanks for that. No, don't, listen, don't listen to him. <laughs> no, seriously, thanks for the invitation. It's been it's been good fun chatting. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission to help businesses and coaches and consultants around the world uh, be more aware. We've got some great awareness, and who knew that we'd be aware of plastic in tea bags today. Uh, and of course better educated some great educational tips and yeah we've talked about what we drink as as well and we've not only talked about tea coffee we've talked about a little bit of whiskey and i'm sure now glen eagles yeah yeah we all want to go to glen eagles and have that glass of wine and experience those uh, high ceiling chandeliers and that great cutlery as well Uh, thank you very much austin for being a guest again thank you listeners and i look forward to having you on the next podcast bye for now bye bye